This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. And Hokie Homer turned Husker, Nathan Brennan. Everyone knows that I'm the smartest person here. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. We're back on our happier ways. We're excited. We're ready to go. The boys, whether we like it or not, they're back in town. It's game week. Bring on Oklahoma. Big noon kickoff right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm looking forward to it. You guys should be ready, too. We got a coaching change. The boys are juiced. They're ready to go. We're liking what we're hearing so far. We're going to dive all into it. You're listening on the block, 93.7 The Ticket. I am Nate Brennan. He is Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet. As always, we want to hear from you, 402-464-5685. That's the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Starter Heyman text line as well. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can reach out to us on all those platforms. Have to give a shout-out to everyone that was listening on YouTube yesterday. Your interaction was great. We really appreciate you. Keep hitting that like. Keep hitting that subscribe, as always. Uh, so we're going to get right into it, Strick. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter segment. We've got to make sure that we get Evan Bland on. We're going to have a shootout with Strick. We're actually going to get some inside scoop on Oklahoma as well. going to be very interesting because uh, we all know about Venables. We all know about Dylan Gabriel. But there's a, an entire team over there in Norman, Oklahoma, and I want to know about them. I know you guys too. We're going to break that all down. Also, Nebraska basketball coming out with their in-conference schedule who better to ask than the Husker Hall of Famer about Nebraska basketball? We'll get into all that. So, Strick, I, I guess we can just kind of pick up on the conversation we were having with the guys on the happy hour and just dive into it a little bit more. Um, I, I think the, the big part of it, and I mentioned job security, and I wanted you to talk about that a little bit too because I think it goes without saying, and a lot of people realize, if his last name wasn't Frost, and again, what's done has been done, and, and I, I, I was a big supporter of him staying as long as he did, I think if he's any other coach after three years, he's gone. And that that's the reality of the job right now is that fans are hungry, and if you have a below 500 record, most schools that probably is going to be the case, but especially in Nebraska, like, you got to turn this around. You got to turn around now. There's mm-hmm. no time. Like, the, the last guy you gave time, and it went about as terribly as it possibly could have going into this season. Right. So. I just think they need to be very careful this next hire, and I think we both agree too. I hope it's Mickey. At the at the end of the day, Nate, and we've now been partners going on a few months, and it's 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 something that I just really want to want to speak out there because it goes well beyond just the fact that Scott Frost was our you know a hometown kid. Uh, he was homegrown. We loved him. He was one of the hottest coaches coming out at his time. But I think it goes beyond that. I think also you have to look at the circumstances, unfortunately, of COVID. I would agree. You have to look at, you know, you have to give – really there's two years in there that are really kind of toss-aways because 
the first year you get in, there's a lot of turnover. You lose all kinds of players. A lot of players leave. Those you don't want. Yeah, it was an absolute mess. mess. So you're 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 having a terrible season. That's just natural. Then you still have some of those guys, and you have to recruit your first group. Then you get hit with COVID right after that. So you have your first group, really their first group. You have some turnover, some come in. I think your recruiting strategy was a little bit off. I think you were going right. – you, you had some locals. You had some good kids in your, in your, in your recruiting sphere. And you ended up going for the high, the high value targets, you know, some of the Louisiana receivers that came in at the time. And they only one year and they're gone. So now you're still behind eight ball. You're not doing ultimately well in the in the transfer portal. You're hitting a lot of misses. And then you're three years in COVID. So now you've got that whole situation. And so you're really three years in in just unforeseen, unfortunate circumstances that gave you that little break. You have a hint of success, just kind of a little taste that you're still needing to get time to rebuild it, and then you're extended. And I think that's where the mistake was made. I think the, extent, the extension was way too long. I think it should have been shorter. Um, with the cir- circumstances that were there, with you know the new, the new coaching season, the final first recruiting season, then COVID, I understand all of that, but it was starting to look kind of topsy-turvy even early in that. I would have shortened that extension just to give them enough right. to – to, to either correct it or make it better, and it just didn't seem to get any better. And unfortunately, you had to pay $15 million in order to get rid of and it. And that is a big part of it, too. Texter says nobody else was dealing with COVID. Uh, no, no, I, I see what you're saying. Other teams dealing with COVID. But you got to realize when COVID hit Nebraska, it probably hit at the absolute worst time because that was the first year that I kind of felt like, okay – this is going to be Frost's year. He can kind of get into his own routine, get into his own rhythm, because there was still so much That's what newness. I mean. No, don't, like, don't. You, you're, you're so looking at the shallow aspect of that when I'm talking about COVID. It's, it's, it was more the timing. It's more than that. It yeah. was the, the timing when it happened to Nebraska, I think, was a big part of it. Like, yes, the everyone else in the country was dealing with it, but it just, like, that was absolute worst timing, in my opinion, for Nebraska. And I think a big part of it, too, when you look at Scott Frost's tenure, um, is that there wasn't really consistency from the coaching staff either. Like exactly. it's like the, the, it, it goes, hit and miss. Like, and it goes far. And I know they're Frost guys, and the, those, chi- those changes tried to be made this year, but like shenander's a perfect example like we've seen sometimes i'm like okay this guy's a great defensive coach and then you watch him get shredded against georgia southern for 600 some yards like I, the offense at times yeah. even with adrian martinez looked great he was a top five heisman candidate going into the sophomore year and then there were times that it looked like the offense couldn't even score a touchdown in a game like there was a lot of inconsistencies and that always comes back on the head coach and it always will and i understand that and that's ultimately why they got rid of him but like there were a lot of inconsistencies, and I think that that's why this is such a good timing when it happens for, for Scott Frost and the program because, like, we can get someone in here, hopefully get him established, and just kind of get just a deep breath. Because, Strick, for all the reasons that you pointed out, like, he was thrown into a pretty tough situation, no matter which way you want to slice it with Mike Riley. COVID was right. a tough situation. Any way you want to slice it for any team in the country, it was a tough situation. Bunch of players you didn't want. It's exa- <laughs> And it seems like all of yeah. that is just kind of like in the rearview mirror. They've got players on the field that can play. They had a top transfer recruiting class. Like This just seems like the time we can just take a, a breath of fresh air. 
And I think Mickey is that breath of fresh air, and I think that he's going to be given the opportunity to be successful. I, I just think you got to get behind it. I, I think I think cost-wise, um, financially, I think the, the compensations and opportunities would be there, but you would love for it to grow internally if you can do it. I, I mean, agree. I'm not, I'm not going to say he's the guy or that's – that it should be that you would I would love for it to be the way it is but at the end of the day I think if you don't have to go outside to try to lure because it's really going to be a lure situation right unless they're looking at it from a standpoint of it's a step up for me right so you're coming from one of those 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 other five type programs where you you're looking at it as a step up, you know, for like a, a like like um, what's the coach at SMU? Um, my mind just drew a blank. Uh, oh, shoot! Text uh, line help us out. Yeah, text line help us out. Like something like that, where they're actually thriving in those next conferences, and 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 those un, those conferences below the Power Five, and they're thriving. But it's beyond just the fact that they're thriving, but they're coaching. Right. Because if you really go back and look at the Scott Frost situation there at UCF, those weren't his players. Those were those were the previous regime's players. So he just basically was able to take on a group of hard nosed, uh, just guys that wanted it, had chips on their shoulders and they wanted to prove something. And he was able to um, to to take advantage of that. Sometimes guys think of that now uh, or, or sometimes guys have that opportunity to do so. I'm looking at guys that can actually coach. I would love for us to be able to, like, for example, why would it not be hard for us to draw Pat Fitzgerald? Pat Fitzgerald has economic requirements that it's hard to get top-line players in there at Northwestern. You're just now starting to try to build facilities that haven't been done. You're in a quagmire of up and downs. <laughs> That's Northwestern football. And right? and and your resources, your NIL, all those opportunities are not the same. Why would you not want to jump ship? I listen, if Pat Fitzgerald said he tomorrow gets the most that he wants to come if he wants Bro, to come to Nebraska, I would him. take that in a touch heartbeat. Him. I just don't know if, if the situation he has at Northwestern is exactly. But that's that thing when he wants to leave because, like, he's that's that thing the Rico guy. was talking about. Right. That's that. That's that thing. If you do, you won Big Ten championships or in in the West, you've done things like that with that. They'll love you forever. I'm telling you, if somebody has that type of mindset to come to Nebraska and 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 have a Tom Osborne type of mindset, where they're like, I'm going to turn this thing around. Everybody wants to stay. It's not a stepping stone location. And all of a sudden, you're able to build that com- that, that congruency right. that takes you that way. Because if you win eight, nine, ten games, I bet you they won't let you go this time. They kicked Bo Pelini out. They kicked all they, the others. Trust me. You're they here. won't let you go. No, you're here, my boy. No, you're going nowhere if you win eight or nine games. And that just shows the direction of the program. And it shows that we, we really need to make a change. Because if, if you asked me 20 years ago if that was the case, you'd probably be fired for even even winning more games than that. But times have changed. we got to take a quick break. Evan Bland. Omaha World Herald. He helped break all of this down with us. Coming up next on The Block.